0: Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby.
1: And I'm JP. This is a podcast for young millennials who are navigating their way through adulthood for the first time. If you're like us and have days where you ask yourself, how did I get here? And what am
0: I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So follow us along as we uncover the things they didn't teach us in school, including everything from how to write a check to how to be a boss babe. Together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. This is a trigger warning before our episode today. We did mention up top, we're going to be talking about trauma today, but it could be triggering for some individuals. We do talk about sexual trauma, domestic violence, war trauma, genocide, and racism. So this is a very heavy episode today. So if this is triggering for you, please feel free to skip and fast forward whatever you need to do. But this is a trigger warning. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Minimally Millennial. We are excited today because we have a repeat guest with us today. So we have Christine back on from a couple episodes ago, and we talked about self-advocacy. So today we're going to be doing a specialty trauma episode in honor of National Trauma Awareness Month. So Christine Patterson is a nurse practitioner who specializes in functional medicine and palliative care. She runs her virtual practice, Vital Journey Wellness, dedicated to helping individuals recover from the effects of stress and trauma. This is right up her alley as she has her doctorate in nursing practice from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So Christine, welcome back on.
2: Thank you so much, Shelby and JP. It's great to be back and you guys are doing such great work, so I'm super stoked to be here again today. We're excited to have you back. We
0: brought her all the way back from Turkey. (laughs)
2: That's right. (laughs) Yeah. It was good motivation. Definitely. (laughs) Well, and I want to thank everyone that's listening today too, because I know that it's, it's, this topic is really big and it can be really heavy. Something that is, in my opinion, really courageous when people are willing to talk about it. So I just really appreciate both of you for hosting and, and everyone today that's willing to listen because it's not easy to talk about. So, I think, kind of, as I was thinking about today, my thoughts were maybe to talk just a little bit about why why it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff, kind of societally the things that kind of underpin that. and a little about about me and and why it's important for me and to me. and and what I want people to walk away with today, hopefully, is to know that there's opportunities to heal from trauma and and maybe even to recognize a little bit more about how it impacts them. Because I think that that, for a lot of people, it's kind of goes unseen in some ways. So we can, we well, maybe hopefully talk about that a little bit today, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're excited to hear your story.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, as I've worked with a lot of women who have gone through traumatic experiences or patients through, throughout the years, what I feel like happens a lot is that we are we tend to be wired to interpret what we go through as kind of a normal experience that, you know, we're going through life and we're just like, oh, that was really hard. But gosh, like, at least I'm not in that stressful experience anymore. When we talk about trauma, sometimes I think people always think about it as, oh, that was some, you know, other people are traumatized, people going through war, people that experience, you know, crazy racism, people, you know, other people experience trauma. But sometimes we don't think about how we might have had experienced trauma ourselves. And it becomes really much harder to identify because we want to interpret things as normal, because normal is safe, right? (laughs) And trauma is naturally unsafe. I think for me, was I experienced trauma in the past, that kind of wanting to make things normal was something that kept me stuck in trauma for a long Mm -hmm. time, wanting to believe that it was you know, oh, that I would just keep being able to work through it, that I would keep being able to work on whatever it was. And that's not true, (laughs) right? Like trauma is something that still that goes much beyond that. It's not something that we can just put our minds to and and get through it necessarily. We have to do a lot of work to heal and, and also get ourselves out of whatever is causing our trauma so that we have an opportunity to actually heal. I think, you know, and when I've worked you know, as I've gone through the experience and as I've worked with people, I found that there are some powerful kind of undercurrents that tend to keep us um, stuck in trauma and that also make it really hard to talk about with other people. And and some of those things are just the unspoken shame um, that you went through something that you didn't have control over, right? We want to have self agency. We want to have power. And these are circumstances that take that away from us. So it's really hard to admit that. Right. Um, And there's, there tends to be too. And if you look at kind of the Me Too movement or Black Lives Matter or things like that, there's sometimes a lot of victim blaming, right? Mm -hmm. That somebody did something and it was their somehow fault for being in that situation when that's absolutely not true, right? These are people going through very normal um, day-to-day lives and, you know, other things are happening that are Causing these traumatic experiences to them. It's not their fault, but these are kind of some societal things that keep us stuck in not wanting to talk about it. And then feeling like we don't have an opportunity to make change in our circumstances if we can't talk about it.
1: You bring up some really good points. If I can interrupt for a moment, I think I've heard repeatedly from family members who've experienced their own. I don't even know if they would categorize it as traumatic but it's instances mm-hmm. from an outsider listening to your their stories to say wow at this point in time why have you never talked about it until you are 50 60 years old and it's mm-hmm. like well when i was growing up nobody talked about this stuff nobody right. like you said it was it was the norm to stay quiet about mm-hmm. any of these experiences so i want to applaud you for being an example of what we should be advocating for,
2: I think it's too. Like you said, it's it's easy to not say anything, right? It's just it's easier to believe that what we went through is a normal experience when the things that happened aren't okay. They shouldn't be allowed to be happening, right? Um, and they need to change. But if we're going to change them, then we have to talk about the consequences and what that means, and. I think um, kind of what you say too, is that in medicine, we talk a lot about trauma as being underreported or, you know, rape or, you know, sexual violence or certain things. Oh, there's a lot of underreporting out there. And I think that's because in some cases, we, we physically don't actually recognize it as trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't, we don't walk around saying I'm a trauma victim, (laughs) right? Like that's not a thing. We don't talk about our past as in, in that kind of way. We talk about Oh, you know, my ex was a real piece of work. And these are some of the things that he did to me. Or we talk about, gosh, my boss was so mean to me. I couldn't sleep for, for weeks (laughs) or, you know, like in months, I was so stressed in that situation or um, there's, there are certain circumstances I think that we might recognize it in, but I actually think that those are less often the trauma that, that carries us through life that it's, it's most often what I see from people. And as I've done um, like case reviews with women, where I tell their story back to them and point out, Hey, like, it sounds like all your symptoms started when you were in this really terrible marriage, right? They're like, wow, I never realized that. I never realized that this impacted me this way until somebody else could look in from the outside and kind of put all those puzzle pieces together. Mm.
0: I think oh. it's also what you say too, is that protecting of yourself, because we never want to feel like we're, you know, like marked with the big T of trauma, right. you know, cause it's abnormal and not fun to talk about. So I think you're right. It's a protective strategy too, to say like, well, what I went through, like, wasn't that bad.
2: Right. Yeah. Especially or as women. To, yes. Or to compare it to others. Well, my trauma isn't as bad as this other person's trauma. So gosh, I feel so sorry for them, right? That you make it this like pity about somebody else rather than recognizing how you might've been impacted too. So I, you know, I think that's, I really appreciate kind of your guys' perspective on that. And I think, again, why it's so important to me is that I've been someone who has gone through traumatic experiences and I share about it because I had a great deal of impact on my own body, on my own experience because of these things and have done a lot of work through the years to go from feeling like I've been desperate, defeated, just totally depleted, um, to being someone that has energy and confidence and loves my body and loves my life. And it took a lot to go in between. And I just, what I, I think people can get stuck in feeling like these circumstances, these traumatic circumstances aren't going to end and that they don't have an option to recover or to heal, that life is never going to be the same again. Right. That, And I just want women especially to know that there is opportunity um, to recover and to heal. And, and that's why I share my story and why I share about this topic because I want people to know that there's more and I don't want people to be stuck in that shame that holds them.
0: Yeah, I like have goosebumps.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I won't go into too much detail about my story today. And again, as you know, this is where I'll I'll share a little bit about it. So as kind of a trigger warning, if this is a part of the episode that you wanna fast forward, because you don't, you know, if it it brings up some things for you, I just, you know, I want people to, I want to be mindful of that. Because certainly it can be triggering to hear other people talk about circumstances that maybe sound similar to yours, if that's the case. So for me personally, I had my first kind of experience of what I would consider trauma <laughs> as I look back on my life when I was a child, when I was just seven years old. And at the the time, um I was like physically assaulted and sexually assaulted, and but I had no idea. I didn't know what had happened. I couldn't name anything, um, about what it was. I just knew that I was really afraid. Um, and that the person that had attacked me had told me that if I told anyone about what had happened, that they would murder me. Yeah. And as a seven-year-old, you take that very literally <laughs> and you don't say anything. Right. So for years as like in my very formative experience of a child. I learned to stuff all of my feelings down um, because it was unsafe for me to um, express express what was real for me. Once I even told people about it, you know, there was a lot of disbelief. Um, people, you know, it's hard for I think adults to take that in, and you know, they would be like, "Well, so and so said that that didn't happen, so it didn't really happen, right?" And so there's this kind of dissonance. Um, in people's response um, that can be really challenging to deal with that makes you wonder what did I experience what did I go through am I remembering this right but how could I make it up (laughs) like I couldn't have ever you know imagined what I didn't know and you know so it is just kind of a strange um surreal experience to go through and it led me. It led me to be fairly vulnerable to um, what happened later in my life, in my teens and twenties, of being finding myself in intimate partner relationships that where the person um, was abusive, um, because I couldn't trust myself. I couldn't trust my voice. I didn't have a voice <laughs> at all, because much of my power had already been. I didn't learn that I had power when I was a child, (laughs) so it was easy for other people to take advantage of that. So for most of my teens and 20s, I was in relationships where there was a lot of emotional um, and psychological abuse, as well as uh, physical abuse. And it took a long time for me to realize that those things were happening. Try to focus on trying to be a better wife, trying to be a better person, trying to mitigate the stressors that I was being confronted with. That was, you know, when you're in it, you don't name it, like we said, as trauma, right? I'm not, I'm not being traumatized. I'm not a victim. I'm just going through life trying to make everyday work. So when it's happening, you just don't really know what to do. And it took me like getting to a point where my body was in such distress that I couldn't ignore myself anymore. And it took like a kind of a a falling apart, I I guess, so to speak, my body just saying no, like this isn't we can't keep doing this anymore. And it made me listen. I had to listen at some point to what my body was doing. And at that point, I then like was able to look online, I did like a I think a quiz or something like that about like, are you experiencing emotional abuse? And I was so surprised by how high my score was. And when I would look on these websites that, you know, defined actions of these are emotional abuse, these are physical abuse. I was like, oh, those things happen to me all the time. Right. And it was this real, like shocking experience to think, somebody else would call these behaviors abuse. I I think for a lot of, and what I would think is that a lot of other women like me, you might have that experience too, where you're going through this, you're just trying to make it work. You're trying to be the best person that you can. And these circumstances just keep weighing you down, but you don't think of them as anything other than normal. Everyone gets into fights, right? Mm -hmm. You talk to your girlfriends, of course they're fighting with their their husbands too, or whatever, right? But a different, and it and only I think it's hard to recognize.
1: First off, I want to say thank you so much for trusting us enough to share your experience. There are no words that changes what you've experienced. I am excited to hear, you know, how you've moved forward and been able to recover from your trauma. But I also don't want to take away that part of your story that so many people will relate to. And then the second half is to give them that hope yeah. that there is a path of light that you can see for the rest of their
0: lives. And I also want to, you know, bring to attention to how validating I'm sure it is for, you know, even myself and others to hear you say, you know, there was so long that I didn't recognize what was happening to me until after the fact. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people, especially when it happens as children or young teenagers or in your early twenties, where things happen to you and, you know, the fact that you go back and you're like, well, was that this or this, that it mm-hmm. it almost makes you question yourself and your own experience, but to hear you validate that in yourself, because um, ultimately, you know, it doesn't really matter what anyone else, says, as long as you can validate what you need to yourself. But hearing you say that is um, such an important point, I think, to bring as well.
2: well thank you. I really, I appreciate that because it's certainly, it's not, it's not an easy experience. Um, and like we said earlier, it's certainly, it's challenging to talk about and it's challenging to say out loud, much less on something that's recorded and is going to be (laughs) shared with a lot of other people, hopefully. So, but I, I think it's powerful. I think vulnerability um, is scary and trauma teaches us that vulnerability should be shied away from, but I, I do believe that vulnerability can be a superpower (laughs) at the same time and that it can create a lot of space and invitation for healing. Um, And so that's what I hope that this becomes for people is an invitation for healing. I think something that a lot of people maybe don't fully appreciate or think about is how much trauma or these circumstances impact our body. Because like I said, I didn't recognize it. I wasn't willing to do anything about it truly until I fell apart, <laughs> until my body was like, no, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. And for me, the, the ways that showed up looked like like this over period of time, over years of just gaining weight without trying, lots of bloating, constipation. I developed all these food sensitivities. I had really terrible acne, started to have painful intercourse as well, and trouble sleeping, nightmares, crazy fatigue where I would sleep for hours and hours and wake up and still feeling like I had nothing in me. And I got to the point that I was so depressed that I thought about ending my life, right. And that was a real consequence of that experience. And, and it was kind of at that point that I had that wake up call of what is happening to me that I'm thinking about not living (laughs) anymore. And it was so scary to have those thoughts, even though they were brief. And I would never, even in those moments have called it, depression with suicidality right and i i know that as a nurse practitioner i know that's what it would get labeled as but in those moments going through it i just felt desperate for relief that's all that i could name is that i felt so desperate and it wasn't until i was i paused and i shared with a friend that that's what i was experiencing had her validate it that i began to actually think about it what's going on and why have i found myself here because I would never have called myself, I have always thought of myself as very happy, bright, <laughs> um, joyful. like that's my, my typical set point of mood is that I'm going to be in a good mood. And so how how am I so much different than, than I was before? I think for other people, if they're you know listening to this, they what they experience, what their body is crying out with might look different. Truly, the body is going to still let you know even if you're not willing mentally to recognize those things, the body will be very aware of that experience because the body is interpreting its situation yeah. and its circumstances as unsafe. And that triggers a lot of things happening in our body, in our nervous system, in our gut, our hormones, this cascade will show up. It's not, you can't ignore those things, but they tend to get labeled very differently. Um, and so a lot of people don't recognize them as because of the, tr- the stress or trauma that their body is under. Um, but I've seen, and when I've worked with folks, I've seen it show up as autoimmunity. I've seen it show up as like terrible hormones, like having really bad, painful cycles. I've seen it show up as allergies, asthma, things like that, respiratory distress, panic attacks, definitely. So some of the psychiatric, psychologic stuff, definitely that tends to get more linked Depression, anxiety, CPTSD, so the chronic post traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which is post traumatic stress disorder. People might get labels like that because of how trauma is read by the body, how stress and unsafe circumstances are read by the body in the environment. There is no part of your body that is immune. (laughs) It will touch everything. That's why when we in kind of medicine think about trauma, we see just crazy wide variety of impacts. We also see that it impacts mortality, because it, there's nothing, there's nothing in the body that escapes this, it will let you know. And I think that's one thing that I really want people to hear today, is that if there's a lot going on in their body, and they can at least be like, oh, I've been really stressed, I've gone through these crazy experiences, or I feel a little crazy because of it, then maybe it's not just stress, maybe it's, maybe it's trauma, right? Maybe it needs something deeper done and more attention paid to it. Yeah. I just want people to hear that it might not, it might not look like me. It might not show up the same way, but there's so much that you can look for.
1: I have a question
2: Yeah, for that friend that
1: you were talking to when you first started recognizing, okay, Mm -hmm. there's more to this. How did you get from recognizing, okay, the situation's not right to identifying the trigger from when you were seven years old?
2: Um, well, it took a lot <laughs> of time. It happened probably over like a period of years and it took a lot of storytelling of people listening, my friends being willing to listen to me and and hold safe space for me, which was really powerful to me. And I credit them for saving my life, (laughs) like very literally a lot of counseling to explore all those things as well. I've read a lot of books, kind of a lot of a a few different strategies there.
0: I know we keep, you know, talking about more of the general label of trauma, but maybe for you know, someone from the base, like basic. I think, you know, when I first heard the term trauma, I pictured like Grey's Anatomy, helicopter pad situation. Yeah. But like, what would you yeah. say as a very basic definition of this type of trauma we're talking mm-hmm. about for someone who may yeah. not know or may have no where to start? Or how would you label that or define it?
2: I think of trauma as anything, any circumstance that makes us feel unsafe, that threatens our sense of self and our identity. For some people you know, there's so many circumstances, I think that can do that. And the threshold for that is going to change for each individual because of our genetics, our upbringing, things like that. So as you said, you know, people hear the word trauma and, and especially in medicine too, like when people get caught, like considered as trauma, if you go to the hospital, it's going to be someone that was in an accident, someone that, you know, as you said, was like helicoptered in from like a motor vehicle accident or something like that. As I said, like anything that makes us feel unsafe, anything that threatens our sense of identity of who we are, who we wanted to be can fall under that category. So this might look like assault or rape or war. You know, I'll, I think of the war in Ukraine right now. It's very obviously very traumatizing, right? Genocide, things like that, huge. And I also think of the undercurrents of racism, the things that people face every day that make them feel unhuman or less than other people, which is a huge part of trauma. I think of having our lives upended by a pandemic, in which we, mm-hmm. you know, for years couldn't connect with people, live our lives as normal or lost our jobs, right? Something that is, you know, it can even feel like a normal circumstance, but somehow it threatens your sense of self things that make us vulnerable. And I want to point out too, that sometimes the trauma that's being triggered in our body or things that make us more vulnerable to other, you know, having a stressful experience, kind of hit these, this survival mode, this trauma like cascade in the body, that um, it can be inherited as well. It doesn't actually have to be something that you went through. It could be something that your parents went through or that your grandparents went through these things get written into our genetic code. And then our body will activate or deactivate certain genes that will make us more susceptible to certain conditions in the body, certain like asthma, even or autism or things like that, that, um, wow. and so it's huge kind of experience <laughs> that's hard to label. I think.
1: That's wild. I'd never heard of that. Like, I, obviously you can't, it's easy. It's mu- it's much easier to comprehend I experienced trauma. So my body has experiences, the consequences of that. Yeah. But to think that it keeps going,
2: it keeps going.
1: Yeah. It shows you how powerful it is.
2: Yeah. I think it's underappreciated for sure. Yeah. Um, And I think in my experience kind of, of medicine What I've found is, you know, kind of, as we said, you know, if you have a traumatic experience, like a car accident, you might get labeled as trauma, or if you're working with a counselor, you might get like, they might consider a trauma experience as part of your depression or anxiety or things like that. But there's not a lot that we do in mainstream medicine to necessarily address it, which I think really a failure of our current medical system that I hope and hope to be a part of the change for that. You know, often they'll just be like, oh, stress less or, you know, manage your stress better or see a counselor, see a therapist, take this antidepressant, but it doesn't get to the real heart of what's happening in in the body, right? The genes, (laughs) all the way down to our genetic expression. There are some things that we can do to to start to make some shifts to ha- allow you know some healing for the body to re-enter a safe space, and I think that's really important for people to hear is that once you know if you've been in the situation of trauma where your body has read the environment as unsafe, we need to find safety again, right? And if we can shift towards safety, if we can get our body to read safety um, and to move back into And no longer having that danger response, just sending signals throughout the body, then we can reduce the impact of that trauma on our body. For me, I think as I work with people, I think there are three kind of big things that I focus on with people. um, And that would be their nervous system, their hormones and their gut. And I think the nervous system people might make that makes sense to people, right? The brain, we need to address the brain. That's that's kind of all that we do in current medicine is try to address the chemistry of the brain. And, um, but I think it goes much deeper than that. What I hope, um, and, and to give some people a little bit of opportunity to see how much deeper this can go. Um, and so that they can hopefully make some changes themselves, even if they're not getting it from mainstream medicine at this point.
0: I think it's so interesting to you talk about, you know, trying to create a new, safe space. And my first thought was like, how do you tell your body to feel safe? And there's so many things in the world right now that don't feel safe and kind of making your own little, like safety bubble and how hard Mm -hmm. that is not only to overcome everything internally that's happened to you, that's happened to your family, generationally, environmentally, but to maybe not even be in an environmentally safe area to create the safe, like it just mind, like mind blowing, honestly. (laughs)
2: I know when you think about it and you start to think about all the layers of this, it almost feels impossible, right? Like it feels like how in the world can we ever be safe again? Um, But it is possible. And our bodies are very resilient and they're very wise and they are primed to do this if you give them the right resources, Um, So that's why I think it's really possible, (laughs) but I, you know, and it's not going to be perfect. This process isn't like, when I think about things like this, trauma is kind of a load experience in terms of there is often, you know, if, if enough of these things are happening, then they're going to overwhelm the body's balance. And that's when you're going to start to have a lot of these issues, right. Is when we get our body out of balance and there's been enough load to do that. And I think about healing as kind of being in the reverse. We need to reverse the load. We need to both alleviate some of the stress that's been put on it, that's triggering these alarms. And then we also need to give the body what it needs to heal, kind of be stronger, more resilient. And so when I think about, you know, the nervous system and healing the nervous system, one of the things that I like to do for people is offer um, something called the safe and sound protocol, which I'm being to in the next couple of weeks to do their training and everything, but it's basically a sound. You you listen to sounds and it soothes your nervous system. And it's this filtered music that re-triggers your vagus nerve, the limbic system of your brain to hear safety, to see safety. It's had profound in research, like really great results with reducing anxiety, depression, even things like they're looking into it as like a chronic pain management kind of tool as well. So it, it, it really is as powerful tapping into our vagus nerve, which is a central component of our nervous system and highlights kind of the connection between the gut and the brain as well, as well as our external environment. That that nerve is really important for all of those things. And the other thing I think about is, you know, helping people address their hormones. And one of the big hormones that people might hear about when it comes to stress or trauma would be cortisol, which has a big impact on our blood sugar and how our energy regulation, things like that. And so I really encourage the folks that I work with to do um, kind of a low glycemic diet to help manage their blood sugar, to help mitigate the response that cortisol is having on those big highs and lows. And I've seen a really big impact on having um, people have their energy levels recover when we kind of do that low glycemic, high protein diet. And then the final thing would be, you know, addressing their gut and detox and, you know, Really think about organic foods, getting some of that load of toxicity out of the body so that it's not having to do as much work to recover. And that will also give it, if you're doing a lot of um, organic fruits, vegetables, things like that, you have a lot of opportunity for great, great vitamins and minerals that have been depleted by the body through all these stress responses to be recovered. So those are some kind of the like key principles that I think about for folks.
1: Those are awesome. I have never heard of the sa- what would, safe and sound.
2: Yeah, safe and sound protocol. It's something I heard about more recently, um, and it's something I'm really excited to offer to people because I think it's a novel way to kind of, again, rewire that nervous system to read safety in our environment, chaos and, and unsafety, right? And and it's something that seems to work pretty quickly for people. So in a few matter of a few weeks, you might start to see some results, which is powerful. When people have been stuck and feeling depleted and, and desperate for so long, to start to feel a shift that allows you then to make other changes in your life. Cause when you're depleted, how many lifestyle changes are you going to be able to make, right? Like you don't have energy to do a lot of cooking or, you know, exercise or things like that. And so we really got to find some ways to put energy back in the system so that we can start to shift towards that healing. Oh, well,
0: Christine, you know, we have really appreciated how you having you on today and sharing all your insights, your wisdom and your story. Um, The last kind of question I had for you is what would you say to someone maybe in your shoes, you know, a few years ago that they're right on the cusp, they're realizing, you know, something's not right, that maybe they're going through trauma. They have identified they're going through trauma. What would be that first step? Because I know not everybody can immediately step forward and say like, okay, perfect. I'm going to go to therapy tomorrow and I'm going to heal tomorrow. Like, what would you recommend that first step be Mm
2: -hmm. for someone
0: maybe listening to this on that cusp of, Mm -hmm. am I trauma? (laughs) Right. Does this is this me? Yeah, <laughs> it's not me.
2: Yeah, um, See, It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say just start believing um, that you're worth that you're worth it that you're worth more that you have the value that you deserve to be cared for um, and that more is possible of your situation and just starting with that little ignition of hope I think can be really powerful. Open that space, hopefully, that you can have healing because it takes space. It takes a lot of work. And I don't think that it's just something that necessarily we can do in isolation. Um, I really do think it takes a lot of other people pouring into us. Again, to kind of rewrite that safety, that sense of safety, one of the main ways we read that is through our relationships. And so having healing relationships, having people who show you how deeply valued you are, who show you um in actions and in words that you are worthy of being loved. I think it, that was what was for me was so powerful. And why I credit with my friends, right? Of um, you know, they saved my life, um, because I, I think truly it is the foundation um of starting that healing process.
0: Wow, I got Goosebumps again. <laughs> that was um a really powerful message and I do hope that and I know that there will be people that are out there that listen to this episode and, you know, gain a lot from it and hope, hopefully, you know, hear this message the way that it's intended to be heard. And we really just appreciate you sharing your story. And JP, is there anything else that you, that you have? Oh, thank you so much. Sorry,
1: everyone. I talked very little today. I <laughs> have a cold, so I'm, I have all open ears today for Christine.
0: It's been wonderful.
2: Thank you for letting me talk so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. any,
0: anytime, anytime. This has been a, a joy to record both of our episodes. And I um, just really appreciate you again, coming on and taking the time to spend with us.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate you both ha- holding this space. Because again, it's I think it's really powerful and you are creating safe space just by being here today. So thank you so much for that. And for everyone that listens and was able to be held here. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. Can you tell everyone how to find you again? I know we've talked about it in the past, but just to Mm -hmm. reiterate it.
2: Yeah. So you can um, go to my website, vitaljourneywellness.com. And I do have um, a toolkit that I've put together for our listeners today called the Foundations for Trauma Healing. And so you can go and pick up that um free toolkit on my website so that you can hopefully get some more kind of tips and tricks and tools um, than I was able to really talk about today I think we're really focused on the story today and just letting you know people have some space to hear what what this experience could look like and um but I really do hope and, and that people can come away from this kind of um with with some more tools with some more opportunity and, um, so if you go to my website and click on, um, offers at the top, you'll be able to take into my, um, where you can find a that freebie there and, or you can type in www.vitaljourneywellness.com store, and it will take you directly there. And for other people that maybe they've tried a lot of tips and tricks before, maybe they've tried a lot of things, um you know, feel free to connect with me um, to get a free 15 minute consult that they can kind of talk through what their experience is like, what opportunities there are to to make some change to to shift towards healing, love to talk with you. Um, so you can find, you know, connect with me on my website through applying for that free 15 minute consult. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'll post I try to post regularly, um, some tips and tricks and just kind of wellness focused things, especially for women who have experienced trauma and stress, really focusing on trying to heal the body and give it some opportunity for, for recovery.
0: I'd definitely um, go check her out on her Instagram. You started showing up on my TikTok too. And at first I was like, Christine, it like, <laughs> really, like wasn't ready. And I was like, oh. I was like, I know her.
2: I feel like I was like, seeing everybody
0: famous when they show up on my TikTok.
2: Yay! I didn't (laughs) never know if I show up on anyone's for you page. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you showed up on mine. So that's
2: awesome. (laughs)
0: I know, I know JP's
2: and we're friends on there too. So yeah.
0: (laughs) They have like two TikToks on mine and they were in like, I was in like COVID quarantine by myself for New Year's with JP on the phone. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to try TikTok now. I don't know.
2: awesome yeah if you search for my name you should be able to find me um my handle is christine patterson dnp on instagram and i think christine a patterson on tiktok but i'm trying to make them the same so if you look for one of them just just try <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: definitely go check her out again it was a pleasure to have you on and um reach out anytime but
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you you as well really appreciate you both Absolutely. Well, I
0: guess we'll wrap today's episode up again. Please feel free to go find Christine online um, on her website, on TikTok, on Instagram. I know we follow her, so you guys should go follow her as well. And um, (laughs) go check out the freebies that she has. There are still some, I believe, still from the self-advocacy episode on there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and check it out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, y'all. All all. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Hey, M&M's.
1: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you are feeling super generous, you can even rate and leave a review. Remember, the more we hear from our listeners, the more we can customize our content to your liking. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. A new episode is released every Monday, so set those reminders and we'll see you next week.